0: Welcome to Conversations of Change with Dr. Jim Maddox. I'm a professor, OD consultant, and change strategist, helping individuals and organizations experience life to the fullest and engaging in positive transformational change. Welcome to a new episode of Conversations of Change with Dr. Jim Maddox. I'm visiting today with uh, Scott Spradlin, who is a DBT therapist. And dear friend, and so um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Scott's um, got a wealth of insight and uh, just a fun person to visit with. He's the type of guy you would really love to have a beer with. So, uh, welcome, Scott.
1: Thank you, Jim. Great to be here.
0: So, how's the uh, how's the world of uh, dialectic behavior therapy these days?
1: Well, um, we're you know it's uh, busy as always, and um, you know on the whole there are always new uh, research data coming in from folks out there around the world who are um, exploring its efficacy and new applications and all that but on a more regional uh, personal local level we're we're very busy during uh, this pandemic season
0: yeah talk talk a little bit more about that maybe maybe give just a short um, layman's definition of, of dbt
1: Okay, always challenging for me because I'm kind of windy. So uh, you may have to rein me in, uh, but I, I would say it is a I'm trying to avoid using jargon to explain jargon. Oh, I, I, I love, <laughs> jargon. I love jargon. I love the jargon. <laughs> jargon is fun. I love jargon too. Uh, so dialectical behavior therapy is a um, it is a cognitive behavioral therapy psychotherapy. Um, and, and it's under the umbrella uh, of cognitive behavioral therapies, you know, very broad stroke. And it's among what we call the third wave mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapies. And at the heart of the therapy is the it promoted, and the, the foundation really is practice and mindfulness as a core skill. So DBT, Dialectical Behavior Therapy, DBT for short, <laughs> Uh, helps address individuals with heightened emotional vulnerability, so folks with trauma who meet criteria for borderline personality disorder, ADHD, people recovering from addictions, helps them to address those, that heightened emotional vulnerability that is often behind a lot of impulsive behaviors and, and individuals' personal experiences of emotional hell and misery. And those are addressed through, again, mindfulness, Uh, as a core skill and they're coached also in distress tolerance emotion regulation relationship effectiveness skills and on the whole it's also a comprehensive therapy so individuals who qualify for that or engage in dbt are working with a skills training group at least once a week for a couple of hours to learn the skills in conjunction with individual therapy where they're really doing more of the deep dive on enhancing skills and motivation for change around all uh, you know potentially life-threatening behaviors uh in some scarier cases and things that are generally uh, life-destroying and uh, they also receive phone coaching between sessions so that they are getting help to generalize the the skills in their day-to-day life where they really really Need to implement those, so it's a time limited, structured. Yet it's also renewable. So folks, when they're uh, complete their committed course of treatment, you know, depending on their assessment with their therapist, they may um, re up, as it were, or re re enlist for another uh, round of the therapy. So um, I hope that was a good start.
0: Yeah, wow, that was that was awesome. So um, I wanted to you mentioned about the the group aspect of the, the therapy and I think that has some applications for um, looking at, at how we interact in, as as groups and in social groups or in broader ways in our organizations. So could you talk a little bit about just that that group component?
1: Uh well yeah in in, in standard classical dbt skills training groups are they emphasize didactic. So it's really more teaching and coaching. It's not really maybe what some folks may envision from seeing uh, cinematic versions of group therapy. There's not confrontation, there's not um, uh, an appeal to get folks to share some of their deepest dark secrets or wounds and that sort of thing it's very much uh, we come in we sit around a conference table we have some snacks maybe we have some tea or coffee we have a dry erase board everybody has a manual a book has a curriculum in it Uh, we begin with a mindfulness exercise so mindfulness uh, could be something like just paying attention to um, the texture and experience of eating a raisin which is a classic mindfulness exercise or it might be A a breathing meditation for uh, about a minute uh, just to practice but it's also a way to really uh, get everybody to kind of turn toward the purpose of the group for skills training following that all the individuals in the group then share uh, their efforts to practice those skills over the last week since the last time we all met together and so they'll talk about how they're implementing emotion regulation skills mindfulness distress tolerance and sharing some struggles they may have with that so they're not um, complaining, they're not picking on people in their environment at work or at home, they're really sharing uh, that difficult about the here's how I respond to my difficulties or my challenges or my inner challenges um, and then uh, and then they check in for maybe depending on the size of the group two to five minutes per person and, um, and then we Sometimes folks give each other feedback when it's welcomed or invited. So it's not kind of a free for all either. Um, there's not a rigid script, uh, in that. So of course, there's some flexibility in it, but generally it is, um, how did you implement again, mindfulness? Oh, and if you're running into trouble, how can we help you troubleshoot that, uh, and work through that? And we'll report also on assigned homework, uh, that each person was given and then we take a break and then we come back. And then the second, um, section of that group is dedicated to the the delivery of new information and the didactic so and some of that's experiential it'll include role play especially around you know relationship stuff Um, you know how in demonstration how do we do opposite to emotion action and um, you know a propos to the the theme of your podcast today uh, we also help our folks work with uh, the tension between acceptance and change
0: yeah, that's a that's an interesting dynamic. I, I think that there's so much application to uh, what organizations do in terms of training, particularly around what I call soft skills, like, mm-hmm. emotional, like emotional intelligence and um, you know, conflict resolution in the workplace. And so, I think the, the 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 model that you've just described, I think, is is really needed in a lot of organizations. I've not seen many that have taken that healthy of an approach and that supportive of an approach. So. I think that's, that's really, um, exciting.
1: Yeah, and it is very applicable kind of across the board and, um, you know, we're uh, presently adapting DBT to, uh, fairly soon, uh, at least here in Wichita, where we're local, offer a DBT skills training for adults with ADHD, there's some folks doing pilot research for that. and. At the end of the day, really, it, it. these are skills that are just good for people. They're just good in general for all of us. And even in our training in DBT, and we go on for intensive training, we are, as practitioners, encouraged to uh, basically uh, practice what we preach to our clients. So, therapists are really expected to practice mindfulness, emotion regulation, distress tolerance, um, in part, because then we really know, we, we will know the skills, we'll know the benefit of the practices. And then we also will be able to commiserate with our clients who often struggle to make them habits or to see the benefit or, you know, to, to reap uh, the successes of those over time. And we can share from our experiences as we coach them, hey, by the way, I totally understand how hard it is uh, when you're Super stressed to remember to exercise or to speak kindly to individuals, because we're all in the same boat in that regard. So, uh, but yeah, definitely these are skills that everybody needs.
0: Yeah, it really seems like it really requires you as the therapist to um, be authentic and vulnerable, uh, which are, which when I think about organizations in terms of like um, people in leadership roles, those are characteristics that are greatly needed. I know Brene Brown talks. Um, in depth about that but it's something that i think is lacking in a lot of organizations that that willingness to be vulnerable and and authentic yeah um with the with the pandemic how how are you seeing that kind of um move or shape the field
1: well i can i can i'll start with myself Um, i had inquiries before from clients or prospective clients who maybe are not located uh, in, in our area in the Wichita city limits or nearby county even who've reached out and said well do you offer any kind of um, you know internet-based service telehealth and um, I just at that time I said I really don't I'm sorry now in my mind I was thinking I have no idea how to do all of that. That sounds really complicated. And I didn't think about things like uh, you know utilizing Zoom or, or Google or those things, because at that time we're also thinking, and we still should be, and we will be afterwards, but what about privacy? How secure are these platforms? Um, how do we match it up with billing? you know I was kind of willing to learn about it but it it, for me it's interesting I kind of laugh at myself because like it just sounded so complicated uh and now I'm doing it every day for five or six hours a day uh Monday through Friday and it's actually quite simple and so I have adapted to that and I'm really pleased that um that in some ways I mean there probably are a number of silver linings that come through a pandemic in, in various ways as tragic as it's been on the whole And that is, we all have been able to adapt to continue to provide much needed mental health services in this field. I've noticed there's also been a proliferation of uh, telehealth platforms, as you can imagine. And there have been some companies that have been able to pivot toward that also. And there's also some companies that, for instance, that offer electronic health uh, record keeping and billing and that sort of thing, who don't have that video platform built into it, who are scrambling to make that happen and so um i i have noticed also benefit of the changes i have had some clients that have not been able to come to the office to see me in the traditional sense prior to the pandemic because they contracted MRSA at the hospital stay or they have another medical issue that makes moving around difficult for them and now we we can connect again and i also have noticed I don't know if i'm articulating it exactly right so um but on the whole uh federal state local governments and those who oversee uh privacy issues and you know um, how should we be conducting ourselves ethically to protect client uh, confidentiality uh, those concerns are essentially waived during the pandemic and that was a, a move made i think in order to make sure that the tremendous need coming through quarantine and also the downsides of that even for the, the stress or the traumas that are coming out of that for folks that the individuals will not have uh, not have to overcome unnecessary impediments to get the services that they need and so people so practitioners can use zoom uh, they can use google meetup or you know all kinds of formats to do it even telephone services and just one more thought is I've just been thinking like on the far side of that is when we're finished with this, uh, pandemic, I don't know if that's even the language.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask what you, what you, um, thought, you know, projecting ahead because there's going to eventually be a vaccine. There's going to be, you know, actually a time where the pandemic is over, um, completely. And so Mm -hmm. what that, what that transition will look like and what will, what will Mm -hmm. remain of some of these changes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so if if when we get there, uh, I've been thinking, why aren't we doing more telehealth in general, uh, and why isn't it just a part of standard of care for uh, physicians and for the, those of us in the mental health professions? Um, because we we do have folks right, like for instance, right now I do have some clients who are in outlying towns and for them it's becoming a, a it's it's actually more convenient for them to stay connected with me and to engage in therapy via telehealth versus i get off work in a, in a town that's an hour away it's six o'clock at night i drive to your office in wichita by the time they get home it's eight or nine o'clock at night and so for them it's been really handy and uh, here's the thing is now and i, I don't want to step out of my uh, wheelhouse uh, and i might just a little bit in my wheelhouse i will say. I think this is a really lovely service that I intend to continue to use for those who uh, have self-pay services. So it's not up to an insurance company whether or not this is okay. And I will, uh, and those who would like to have that option. And also um, I'm hoping insurance companies, uh, private insurances, the Medicaid systems, uh, there has been pay differential Prior to the pandemic, in other words, you therapists are reimbursed at a lower rate for telehealth than they are for face-to-face therapy.
0: Now, Now,
1: yeah, it's interesting. So I'm not going to cast aspersions. I don't know what's behind all of that. Uh, Yet here we are utilizing this um, service, and it's fabulous. It's really been a lifeline. I myself have been surprised not only that I can use the technology, but that I can still connect with my clients in an actual, meaningful, and constructive way. That we're still, in a sense, present to one another, uh, and it hasn't been as off-putting as I had maybe thought it might be.
0: You know, it's it's interesting when I think about because uh, I think there's a connection here. So uh, the the pandemic, that drastic change, kind of that crisis, has has forced some change to happen. Quite rapidly.
1: Oh yeah.
0: It reminds me of, and you can speak to this in terms of, of individuals that often it takes some type of crisis for them to uh, step forward into um, uh, approaching changes in terms of, of personal habits, personal behavior. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting connection.
1: Yeah. So so yeah. It, yes. To that question, yes. And yeah, I think just to clarify, uh, I don't know if I've com- really completed my thought. It's my, my hope is uh, with the insurance providers, just kind of backing that up a half a second, um, is to say, I, I hope that they would co- consider um, just treating this. As, and this is not just for a fiscal, you know, gain. And of course, I, I guess I would have a vested interest in this, but it, it, to me, it doesn't make sense why there's a differential on the telehealth versus the in-person So anyway I hope that will continue going forward I hope that insurance providers are more um, open to and amenable to us providing those mental health services to folks who are not ambulatory or who are elderly or shut in otherwise or rural yeah
0: yeah I think it, it's it maybe shatters some of those um, perceptions or um, shatter some of the mental models that people have I know I've heard from other professors that prior to this really kind of looked with a, a skeptical eye towards like online education. And now uh-huh. yeah. as, as they pivoted towards moving their all, all their classes online, I, I've heard several people say, Oh, wow, this, <laughs> this is more rigorous than I thought. And so um, there's, I think there's more efficacy to, to that. And I think the same thing is with, with organizations that are have been doing all this remote meetings and, and, allowing people to work from home and the idea before of, well, we can't really trust people to work from home that they'll be productive. And, and I think that organizations are finding out, oh, wow, this, this is working. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And to to echo uh, and maybe telescope a little bit on your comment about education. I uh, myself, am a former uh, adjunct instructor for Wichita state university. And, uh, you know, those were face to face classes. And then as, digital formats are becoming more common, or even being blended in as a supportive element of overall education. I I remember having these thoughts, I don't know where they come from, it's just these ingrained biases. It's just like, oh, you can't teach like that. That's just not gonna be the same. It's not gonna be, you know, and it probably is, I think it is a little different. Therapy is different, but still meaningful. And even some online things I'm doing in terms of just like, uh, you know, sharing educational pieces here and there with some live streams it is different than being with a live audience but there's still a lot it's still effective and it's still valuable and i think too with what you're saying about the uh, maybe d- different corporate settings uh, we all probably famously we all probably know about the famous decision of uh, i think it's twitter right twitter basically said all their employees get to work from home going forward period
0: yeah yeah that's really kind of bold
1: it is because uh, i think it's a declaration of trust in your employees, it's a, probably a declaration of trust. Also, in the uh, the technology, which of course Twitter is a giant, a tech giant, and so it makes sense that they've all uh, folks would probably be leading uh, in that way.
0: Hey, uh, just to uh, back up just a second, what uh, because I, I know I've enjoyed some of your um, social media um, podcast or not podcast, but um, life you've done. So if somebody wanted to catch you, how, how might they um, find you online?
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, for starters, if you're a Facebooker, um, you can go to facebook.com backslash wise mind, wise life, all one word, wise mind, wise life. You can look there or you can Google Scott's Rattle on Facebook. And I think it'll uh show up and then you know of course there are the videos are archived there and um i'm also on twitter as wise mind life because those are all the characters they would let me put in there you can follow there i post a lot of things like daily dbt tips uh links related to mindfulness dbt things related to mental health and so on. But that's all, but, uh, but the Facebook would be the best place for now to go to for some of that video content. There is a forthcoming uh, YouTube channel that will be a podcast eventually following I've example. I've been waiting example. for that one. Okay, well, uh, it may come true, Jim. I think, well, actually, sorry, it will come true if it, if soon. And then my uh, webpage, um, wisemindwiselife.com, will be launched in the next month or so.
0: Oh, well, I'll, I'll be watching for that. So,
1: OK. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, Scott, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to visit with me today. Uh, I think it's I, I'm just fascinated by the whole uh, approach of DBT. I think it's it's it, it has a lot of um, it just resonates with me on a, on a, on a multiple um, range of levels. And so. All right. And, and I know that, um, hope you and I will continue some of our conversations around mindfulness and what that looks like, uh, mm-hmm. organizationally. And so, oh, yeah, we sure uh, will. We're, uh, actually working on some writing projects around that. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that continuing and, and we're doing that virtually now that we're in different cities. And so,
1: yeah, another, <laughs> see another example of how, uh, telecommunication is helping us out.
0: Yeah. Well, I do hope that uh, things um, move to the point where we can uh, get face to face with a with a beer sometime soon
1: uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, me too.
0: Um, looking forward to the next um, iris festival so yeah well, Scott, uh, take care, be safe and uh, we'll talk to you later.
1: okay Jim, thanks for having me.
0: Hope you've enjoyed listening to Conversations of Change with Dr. Jim Maddox. If you want to connect more, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and at my website, drjimmaddox.com. Thanks for listening.